Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on VSIN, the sports betting network. We continue Betting Across America, presented by BetMGM. We're here at Circus Sportsbook. Adam Burke and Dave Ross coming at you for the next three hours. Welcome into another exciting Saturday of gambling action for you. And Adam, I have to start off the show today with a couple of important questions. One, Skating Tripods is your handle on Twitter. How did you get Skating Tripods? Skating Tripods was the uh, beer league hockey team that I played on in my, in my early to mid-20s. Uh, that, we are now a defunct franchise. But it was what a, a lot great of fun. name. It was a great name. Did you guys win? Off air, I'll tell you about the logo that we had. Uh, no, well, we were we were we won at the bar. We didn't win much on the rink. Then you won. If right, you won at the bar, then you won. Right, we had a lot of fun. Uh, the the second um, question I have for you today, and I mentioned this on Twitter this morning. I was going to get up today and then play a little USFL action because Ben Wilson and I were doing the program yesterday after we we were on uh, my guys in the desert together, and he said, you know, you got to take Tampa Bay and lay the point and a half here today, and it got steamed. So I don't know if it was our show. They were listening to us here, and all of a sudden it's up to three. So, Adam, I, I just I can't take the bad number now, right? No, I wouldn't think so. I, I think what we need to focus on here is maybe Ben Wilson's just a USFL sharp, and he's just out there moving numbers. I actually want to – I'm mad at Ben for that because all of a sudden it went up a whole point and a half. And, again, my inner Wes Reynolds says do not chase bad numbers. So, Ben, I'm going to have to lay off that today. But, again, he is on Tampa Bay laying the point and a half. Uh, the big news, obviously, has been all weekend here in Las Vegas has been the NFL draft. And, Adam, I'm curious to you, and I was just talking with Femi and Wes about this. Like, there, there are good drafts out there, and I, I think – Again, none of us can really know. We think we know, but we'll find out in a couple of years just how good these drafts are on paper. Like, 
the consensus is, and I'm part of it, that the Jets and Giants got a lot better with these drafts here in the first round. The Eagles, obviously, the big movers, getting A.J. Brown on day one, paying him a $100 million extension. And it feels like they've had a pretty good draft to back that up as well. So do you look at any teams, and this is a conversation we had yesterday for a brief part, is there any other mover out there that you go, you know what, this team got decidedly better, and now let's say their win total might might be one more win because of how well they drafted? Or do you think that process is, one, not complete because of free agency, and there are some still other quarterbacks out there with dominoes that still may fall? Yeah, I think it's a really fair question. And as you said, I mean, it's going to take a few years to kind of figure out how these teams actually did with this draft. Everyone right. acts like they know everything about all of these players, all the draft analysts and all that. But the reality is we need to see what these guys look like against the best of the best. No against doubt. the professionals that are out there. So I will say this, at least on paper, based on what we saw here this weekend, the Jets got a lot better. Boy, didn't they? I mean, look, you know, you talked about it at the tail end of the first half of betting across America with you know, what the Eagles are trying to do to surround yeah. Jalen Hurts with talent and all that. Now, all of a sudden, you've got Garrett Wilson there with Zach Wilson. You know, is that going to be the separator for him? Where I think their offensive line is good. They've done a lot of building with that unit. Now you look at their running game. How's that going to play mm-hmm. out? But at least they've got Garrett Wilson. They've got a number one guy. They get Ahmad Gardner, who, you know, a lot of people believe is the best defensive back in this draft. And just, again, you look at these teams and, and, and you just you look for reasons to be optimistic, whether it's a regime change in the front office or something like that. But the Jets definitely look like a team that certainly got better. And, and Brees Hall. Look at that pick. I mean, that's I, a strong second-round pick. I thought Brees Hall was first-round value, but the, the position itself has been devalued a little mm-hmm. bit. But this is a guy that we were told basically is the only running back in the draft that you don't have to take out on third down. This is a three-down back, mm-hmm. right? So now I love your point that you made there with Zach Wilson. And then you look at even Jeremy Ruckert there uh, coming out of Ohio State. So you get two Ohio Staters to go there. The familiarity is going to be there. It feels like a young nucleus that they can build around together. So I know we all go Belichick, Josh Allen, and then the Dolphins have all these weapons. We'll find out about Tua. But, boy, the Jets threw their hat in the ring and said, hey, we're going to be players in the AFC East if these picks pan out the way we believe. It just feels like on paper they didn't screw it up. And that's a very uh, un-New York way of going for either the Jets or the Giants. It feels like they made the right moves, at least on the draft board. Right, yeah, we talked a little bit about the Giants yesterday when I did the quick spot on my mm-hmm. guys in the desert with you that, you know, again, a new regime, a new general manager, a situation where you know, there's just progress finally being made. And I think to your point, it's very easy to get fired in the first round. Oh, man. Because you you make the bad picks and that's what's going to happen. But, you know, a lot of times if you pick well in the first round, it's what you were supposed to do. That's right. You know, that Like, that's your job. You don't get <laughs> attaboys for that. You don't get a pat on the back for that. So, as you said to not screw it up, I think is actually about as successful as you can really ask for in a lot of cases. Yeah, we're going to have Mark Schofield on the in the third hour today to talk more about this NFL draft. Nick Whalen's going to join us in the second hour to talk some NBA. I can't believe we don't have NBA action day. Very odd here as we have a uh, delay in the schedule here with all the, the first rounds finally completed before we get to round number two. Uh, I, I do want to go back to the draft, though. and we, The quarterbacks was a big talking point. Obviously, it always is leading into the NFL draft, and only have one selected in the first round. I think it was a bit of a shock to the system here, collectively. And then we all assumed early on Malik Willis is going to be the second quarterback to go, and that didn't happen. And he became the third quarterback to go. And so you look at Ritter going as the second quarterback to the ATL. Is that a surprise to you, or is this just like now? I think the other people kind of you pull back the curtain a little bit on the draft and go, these quarterbacks, and kind of all of them, just weren't highly sought after. Maybe by the fan bases, we always want to see these guys. But to the executives that went, 
it's just not what you think it is, and we're not going to waste high picks on guys that may or may not ever see the light of day. Right, and I think something, too, is, you know, you look at next year, and you've got C.J. Stroud, and you've got Bryce Young at the top of the draft class. So those are two guys that are going to go maybe first and second right. in all likelihood. So if you're a really bad team, there was no point in reaching for Malik Willis. There was no point in reaching for Desmond Ritter or anything like that. Not even any point, really, in reaching for Kenny Pickett. No. And who knows what kind of player Kenny Pickett will be for the Steelers here coming up. But, you know, look, I think it was interesting that Ritter went before Willis. I thought Willis would go to the Titans, and he did. It just happened to be around later than I expected. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that's a kid where, you know, is it is it a question of competition for both of those guys? You know, the AAC was not a very good conference for Cincinnati. They wound up having a really good defense to where Ritter didn't have to do a ton more often than not. Mm -hmm. He progressed nicely, don't get me wrong. And then Liberty, you know, they played a very weak schedule. Malik Willis took a beating in college because he had no offensive line. I just think that there were a lot of concerns about those types of guys. You know, look, I, I kind of look at something like New England taking Bailey Zappi out of Western Kentucky. Like, to me, that almost makes more sense than gambling on a Willis or a Ritter, kind of a you know, dual-threat guy. At least you know that Zappi's a pocket passer who can chuck it around the yard if you need, you know, kind of like the Derek Anderson mold of sure. being a backup quarterback. I think that's maybe even a safer play than trying to take one of these other guys. And to get him in the fourth round like they did today, I know it's going to raise some eyebrows because, again, in my time in Washington, D.C., when Robert Griffin III was the second quarterback taken by the Shanahan's at that point. Kyle was the OC, and, of course, his dad, Mike, was the head coach. They came back in the fourth round of the same draft and Turk Cook took Kirk Cousins, and people went, well, why would you do that? This is just a year later that they get Mac Jones, they get Mac 10, and here's your, here's your guy forever. So why would you, quote-unquote, waste a fourth-round pick? That's the same idea, is that, well, one, injuries, we all know that, but two, in the fourth round, we don't know that he's ever going to – if Mac Jones keeps working out the way he is, you might never see – uh, Zappi take the field, and that would almost be a good thing for the Patriots. So when you get these later fourth, fifth round picks at quarterback, you don't know that you'll ever see them really get that opportunity. Sam Howell in D.C. Maybe we'll find out if Carson Wentz is the answer there. It does feel like when you have first round picks, second round picks, and even now I would say Desmond Ritter with the third. At some point we're going to see them play. And like like Josh Rosen was the tenth overall pick in the draft, and you know we saw what happened in Arizona. Then he bounces around. He, he's out of the league. I mean that. There are cautionary tales with first-round picks, and I think teams said this year, we're not going to do that. We're going to take those flyers and hope this guy works out if we don't have first-round grades on him. And clearly, teams just didn't have first-round grades in these quarterbacks. Right, absolutely. And, and, you know, as we've talked about already, teams are just trying to load up talent around those guys. You know, get wide receivers, get running backs, get offensive linemen. Try to set all these quarterbacks up for some measure of success. But you get the positions of importance. I mean, wide receiver, ton of them taken. There were six in the first round. We thought there could be seven or more. But there were six taken in the first round, a lot of them taken in the second round, mm-hmm. a lot of them taken in the third round. And also, too, teams really prioritizing the tight end position you know, over the last few years. No doubt. So there weren't a whole lot of you know hallmark tight ends coming out of this draft, but you know teams spending third and fourth round picks on those types of guys. So you look at the defensive side, defensive backs, edge rushers. That's anything that teams are prioritizing what they want. in every draft. And we saw a lot of that play out here. And maybe next year ends up being different if we've got a better quarterback class, as it appears that we will, and maybe not as many wide receivers. We'll have to wait and see. But every draft is just so unique, and I think the only thing that really carries over year in and year out are those positions that you know teams really value the most. I think the, the fascinating team coming into Thursday's first round was Carolina, and there was so much scuttlebutt about, well, they're gonna tra- are they, they going to take Malik Willis right there at six? Will, will they take Kenny Pickett? Will they trade down? Take and they didn't. Now, they went and got Matt Corral, Okay, on day two. And now all of a sudden we're hearing reports that Baker Mayfield 
had been in talks with Carolina, and now those talks, dead on arrival. So I do wonder, when you're looking at Jimmy G, who, by the way, still can't even throw yet with that shoulder. He had surgery in the offseason. He's not even eligible physically to start throwing uh, for a couple months. So if your team potentially still looking for a starter, we'll figure that out, or to bring in Jimmy G, you're going to have to wait a little bit just to make medically sure that he's okay to go. Where does Baker Mayfield go? Because uh, now, does he does he go to Seattle? Is that still the last team in play? Because it feels like in the musical chairs in the round robin, they're getting filled up even the backup slots now. That you go, why do I want to bring a, a Baker Mayfield and potentially Jimmy Garoppolo? So what I think is going to happen is uh, Baker probably goes to, I would say, Seattle. I think that's the most likely landing spot. Maybe they rekindle the talks with Carolina. But I think what's happening here is – because the Browns have zero leverage, and they've had no leverage in this situation for a long period of time, mm-hmm. teams are going to let this draft play out, take the players that are on their board, and then maybe after the draft, someone will go, hey, we'll give you a sixth or a seventh next year, or you know, fourth or a fifth, whatever the Browns, however much money they're going to cover to try and get the best draft pick possible. But I think that's what we have going on right now. Teams have their big board. They know who they like. They know who they want to take. They'll get Baker after the draft and then just go ahead and give up a future pick for it next year or the year after or something like that. And then we'll see those dominoes fall. And that's why it's so important when these teams decide whether or not to pick up the options on these fifth years for first-round quarterbacks like Baker was number one overall not that long ago. And Danny Dimes in New York, they didn't pick it up. So he can play this year in the existing contract, and if you want him, somebody else can go grab him. He'll be an unrestricted free agent. That's why those moves are so key in the front office. All right, just getting started here, Adam. When we come back, let's talk some Major League Baseball, your thoughts on what you see on the docket today. Come on back, Betting Across America, right here in Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. Oh, <laughs> I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! (laughs) Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex-
National Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? Ah, thinking about gas mileage. You know, changing your oil with a full synthetic oil like Castrol Edge can help your engine get more miles. Right now, you can get five quarts with an STP Extended Life oil filter for only $36.99. Get started on your next job today with the parts you need when you need them at AutoZone or AutoZone.com. Get in zone, AutoZone. Restrictions apply. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Back alongside Adam Burke, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting Across America right here on VSIN. We are here at Circus Sportsbook on a beautiful Saturday here in Las Vegas. It feels like now that the draft is starting to or winding down, getting closer. It's been a wild week, though, here in Las Vegas with everybody in town for the draft. Uh, look, I, I covered a couple in Chicago back in my days. Uh, this felt like a good spot for the NFL draft. What did you make of Vegas overall here? I know it's not over yet, but I feel like we kind of put our best foot forward. I say we now as a member of Las Vegas in September. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, look, you know, there was a lot of buzz, a lot of hype. And, you know, obviously, look, anytime you have a destination draft like this, people are going to show up. And they did. Nashville was a really popular one. Vegas, a really popular one, of course. And, you know, a lot of people back there right next to the Caesars Forum behind uh, the link and the promenade and all that where most of the draft was held. But, you know, look, I think that Vegas should be a regular part of the calendar for every single event that's out yes. there. Yes. It just, it absolutely should. I mean, you know, I'm looking forward to getting a college football national championship out here or, or something like that. Because the NCAA can't keep its head in the sand about gambling anymore. So why not? Great point, Adam. I didn't think of that, but that would be uh, fascinating. Again, we're waiting for Vegas to officially become the sports capital of the United States. If, they get a baseball team. If they get an NBA team, done. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, yep. what? I don't know. I've done this before. We ranked some of the cities, and maybe New York lays claim to it right now as the best sports city. You can make that case with two football teams, two basketball teams, two baseball teams, right? Yeah. It feels like they, they kind of always had that number one perk. I would say Vegas, if they become 24-7 sports calendar with professional teams, and now you mentioned it, we get – College basketball games here. We get tournaments here, right? Mm-hmm. Why not college football coming out here? Vegas right now skyrocketing on the uh, places that you might be able to call as sports's, uh, America's best sports town. I would right. put on the short list. Think about it. We already have, what, six conference tournaments for college basketball? Ooh. Six or seven? And we're doing the draft right, people. That's yeah. all we're saying. Uh, let's get to Major League Baseball very quickly here, Adam. And, again, uh, I, I talked about it with Femi and Wes. You know, I'm a little bit leery today for the Metropolitans. I don't know how they're going to bullpen this thing together when you get a no-no and you have 159 pitches to get the combined effort uh, to shut out the Phillies and get that no-hitter. And also, you got to think that Philadelphia, that didn't sit well with them either. Is this a natural kind of lean the other way after what happened last night in New York City? Yeah, I think it makes sense to lean the other way. I actually have a play in this game, and this is in the daily article over at vcin.com, so I like the over 7.5 in this one. You know, you got Taiwan Walker coming back off of a – Virtually three, four, three and a half week long stint on the injured list. Mm-hmm. So I don't expect him to be overly sharp today. They said he stretched out to go 80 to 85 pitches. We'll see if that actually ends up being the case. But I'm also looking to fade Kyle Gibson, the pitcher for the Phillies here. You know, a lot more swing and miss this year. I don't believe in it. Highest career strikeout percentage right now. I don't believe in that mm. either. 
He's also running a really low batting average against, like down around 198. The Phillies are a very, very poor defensive team. They yeah. are a bad defensive group. So when the strikeout rate goes down, the batting average is going to go up. He's going to have more base runners, more traffic. And I think that's something that could happen sooner rather than later. Mets top five lineup in both weighted on base average and WRC plus a stat we talk about on the run line uh, pretty much every week on Sunday nights here. So I just I went over seven and a half and, and I know it's scary to play overs in Major League Baseball mm-hmm. because the under has been, you know, I think now it's around 57 percent. It was 60 percent a few days ago. The books are adjusting. Teams are maybe getting into the rhythms of the season. So I went ahead and took the over in that Phillies-Mets game. I actually like that play a lot. And and I mentioned that uh, Will Hill, one of our contributors, of course, uh, at Beeson here and does a great job on the uh, the newsletter as well. He likes the Phillies team total over three and a half today. So I think you guys are on the same wavelength of expecting runs today uh, between the Metropolitans and the Phillies. Very quickly, when you looked at the Phillies before the season started, and I know there was a lot of buzz about them. And, and look, as a Metropolitan fan, I looked at them and thought, boy, they could be they could be dangerous this year. If they don't mash... Are they going to win? Because if you're, if your pitching isn't as good as what you thought it was going to be, they look great on paper, right, with some of the big names at the top of that rotation. But if you're not hitting all of a sudden and you're not playing defense, that's not a good recipe for a team expected to contend in the East. Yeah, I mean, I basically refer to the Phillies as a beer league softball team. That's what I think they are. They're going to mash. They're going to hit for power. Obviously, they'll hit for more power once things kind of stabilize yeah. with the baseball, the humidor, warmer weather, all that kind of thing. But the starting rotation – Aaron Nola, there's something about Aaron Nola where he just cannot live up to his absolute potential, and he's got a ton of it. It's just there's a command issue there with him. Zach Wheeler, his velocity has been up and down a little bit. I know a lot of people like Ranger Suarez, but, you know, I don't think that he's a number one starter at this point in his career, and the bullpen's not very good. So the Phillies basically have to score six runs a game. They have a really good chance at winning just because of all their other deficiencies, and it can be hard to – you know, do that against quality pitching like they face in this division often. Yeah, absolutely. So, again, the, the Mets have been a moneymaker so far, certainly in first fives. I, I do – I'm a little bit leery today because I do feel like you're going to get some run scores. You've been able to count as, as a Metropolitan fan on that starting pitching. Let's see what Taiwan Walker can do. I probably would lay off that. I, I like uh, your lean there, and I certainly like Wills as well. A lot of runs today potentially in that ball game. Let's talk some more. And one of the teams I did not hop on, but I wanted to, like my mental bet, as I say, was on the Angels this year. And they've been hot. What has happened to the south side of Chicago? This was supposed to be the one team in one division that if you took a future play on the White Sox, you wouldn't have to worry about. Are you worried now at this point? No, I'm not worried at all. And in fact, you know, I talked about this prior to the season. I thought that the White Sox in the minus 190 range was a good bet to win the Central. Okay. And I'm getting to a point now where I'm going to play it again. Wow. When it gets down into that 125, 120 range in that area. Because look, this team right now is just, they're injuries everywhere. Oh, I mean, yeah. Yohan Moncada is on a rehab assignment right now. He'll be coming back soon. Eloy Jimenez is out for a while. Uh, you know, they've had Lance Lynn out for a while. They've had some bullpen injuries too. You know, they've just, they've been very, very unlucky. I mean, Luis Robert missed a handful of games. Andrew Vaughn went for an x-ray because he got hit by a pitch last night. Mm-hmm. They've just, anything that could go wrong for this team has gone wrong. And the thing of it is, Nobody in the Central Division is good enough to take advantage of it. I don't think the Twins are as good as they've played. Okay. My Guardians are pathetic offensively. <laughs> the Tigers are off to a really poor start. I'm, I think my season win total over bets on life support already. <laughs> and the Royals just aren't very good. This is just such a bad division that when the White Sox get healthier, I mean, there's, there's nobody that can compete with them. So this bad start is ugly. But I, once they start getting back into rhythm and get some guys back, they'll be just fine. To that point right now, the Twins uh, in first place in the Central, the White Sox three and a half games back. Now, the Angels, and I didn't play it, 
14 and seven. I mean, off like gangbusters. And I kept saying all year, I was like, I really think this is the year that Joe Madden's imprint is really going to help out this baseball team, right? And I, look, some people think it's overrated, whatever the skipper does. I look at what the, the kind of tried and true method of Tampa Bay ends the curse in Chicago. And I don't know if it's a curse in Anaheim, but it's been a long time since Mike Sosha and company won anything out there. Is this start fool's gold for you? Do you like them today? And, and what do you make of them overall here with this hot start? I like them a little bit today. In fact, I actually thought about playing the first five on them today with Jose Suarez against Vince Velasquez. The reason I didn't want to play a full game is because all of their primary relief pitchers have worked back-to-back days. Mm. So those are guys that are probably, some of them are going to be unavailable today. Others will maybe be used on an emergency basis. So I'm worried about the Angels' bullpen for today. But that's been something that's been a really, really big lift for them. They got Aaron Loop. They got Ryan Tapera. They signed a couple of quality free agents there. They seem to have figured Archie Bradley back out. Mm-hmm. Rystella Iglesias is a very good closer. That's what the Angels have done. They've Their bullpen was their biggest question mark, and they've kind of solidified that a little bit. Starting staff looks decent. The lineup looks really good. It Anthony, does. Anthony Rendon's swinging it well again. Mike Trout is off to a Troutian kind of season. <laughs> and Otani hasn't even hit all that well to nope. this point. And, you know, Brandon Marsh has given them a big lift. Taylor Ward is kind of breaking out in front of our eyes. Everybody's kind of coming together all at once, and I sort of worry a little bit about that. Not that they're peaking too early, but just guys performing over their heads. But it's still a quality team, and, and right now, you know, the AOS just doesn't look very buttoned up. The no. Astros aren't playing well. Nope. The Mariners have ups and downs. Uh, the Angels right now are taking advantage, and, and that's what they had to do, I think, was get off to a hot start. Well, one more team. Let's do that uh, West against Central theme and continue it with Shane Bieber and your Guardians going up against the A's and Cole Irvin here. What do you make of the A's here? 10 and 10 out of the gate here in the first 20. I think some people thought this might be a historically bad baseball team. They figure out a way to kind of duct tape it together. Here they are sitting at 500. Yeah, I think that we are starting to see them fall apart, though. Early on in the year, they hit very, very well with men in scoring position over that first road trip that they were on. They, at one point, were leading the league in three-run homers by a large margin. Mm. They were just getting hits at the right time. Lately, that hasn't really been the case. And you know, yesterday, they lost a game 9-8. to eight. They can't lose games when they score eight runs. No team can lose games when they score eight runs. But right. They found a way to do it. The bullpen is, is cobbled together with a lot of young guys, failed starters, all that kind of thing. Um, look, the problem here today is I could never lay this big of a price on Cleveland, even with Shane Bieber on the mound. Their bullpen is not particularly good. Right. Their offense doesn't provide a lot of margin for error. It's a big number, but I think the total is interesting here again of six and a half. That was a total yesterday. They scored 17 runs. So, you know, baseball, a very high variance sport, but I think it's an interesting total here going back to six and a half once again. All right. So we'll see how that's going to play out here between the guardians and the athletics. So when we come back, we're going to talk some more major league baseball, but again, uh, later on in the program, we are going to talk NBA in the second hour. Remember, there are no games today, but Nick Whalen's going to join us. And in that third hour, the NFL draft right here in Las Vegas, still not over yet, still going on uh, as we discuss. So we're going to have Mark uh, Schofield to join us in that third hour to get his observations here. Well, I just look up, another wide receiver goes off the board. It just feels like this has been a wide receiver draft for sure. But when we come back, we will talk more Major League Baseball, trying to check out the golf John Rahm at last week. In the Mexico Open, still leading there. So we'll do some updates. Come on back. It's betting across America on Decent, the Sports Betting Network. This is betting across America on Decent, the Sports Betting Network. The Decent Spring Special is here for only fifty-nine dollars. You get everything Decent has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content. 
in the business right here at VEASAN.com, and subscribers will have access to all of it, including Adam Burke, daily best bet emails. We're going to have those picks from Adam here coming up shortly as we talk more Major League Baseball. Jonathan Von Tobel is going to have his best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil is going to break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're going to have lots of NFL preseason coverage as well, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, NASCAR, and the Kentucky Derby betting guide. So if you want the full VEASAN experience, which features a daily best bets email, Every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools, and a live video stream whenever you want it. The cost is only $59 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now at VEASAN.com slash spring. Alongside the aforementioned Adam Burke, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting Across America. We are here at Circus Sportsbook in Las Vegas. We've got Mike Pranio join us here in the uh, next couple minutes here. He's going to join us uh, from, of course, the Sportsbook Manager over at Mandalay Bay. And I said off the top of the show that the USFL play that Ben Wilson gave out yesterday on My Guys in the Desert was Tampa Bay. Now, he was laying a point and a half. Today, I wanted to play it, and because Ben is a line mover, it gets steamed up to three. Do you have an a, a, a update on that game for me, sir? Kickoff is at one. So we got a half hour until kickoff. Is it on TV? Are we going to be able to watch it? I, I can't confirm or deny that. It probably <laughs> is, but Ben tweeted this out. He said, our lifetime 1.00 USFL winning percentage, 1-0 overall. When specifically handicapping in the D-block of my guys in the desert on Fridays is clearly moving this line. So there are forces out there moving this and steaming it up to three here. We'll be keeping a watchful eye. Again, it is on Fox. So maybe okay. we'll, we'll keep an eye on that here uh, the next couple hours, Adam. I did not play it, Ben. So you stand alone laying that point and a half today. But again, that was his play. If you can get it out there, people, under three, I would still be apt to follow it, but once you get to three, as we know, such a key number in the NFL, certainly the USFL, I'm going to have to lay off and not chase the bad number. In fact, it looks like it's gone up to three and a half. Oh, now. you've got to be kidding me. It's, so so now, now you definitely can't play it. I'm out. I'm all the way out now that it's up to three and a half. I, I will get, look at the closing line value, though, from, from Ben Wilson on the USFL. And that was not even 24 hours ago right here, people. And this is why we always say, I mean, all kidding aside, this is why we tell you, you got to read Point Spread Weekly. you got to get the Daily Best Bet emails because th- we are giving you this information, and it is all about time. When mm-hmm. you get that information, when you get those lines. So I kid, but that's exactly why I didn't play it because it did get steamed up to three. Now, to your point, up to three and a half. People, don't chase bad numbers. Like We're going to give you that information when we get it, and that is when you should strike when we feel, feel like the numbers out there from our experts or VEASAN are right for the picking. And uh, great information, whether or not it cashes or not, but look at the line value already. Two points uh, in a USFL game. Shows you Ben knows exactly what he's talking about that. Certainly you know exactly what you're talking about in Major League Baseball. You give out uh, great uh, advice every day here on the betting spectrum. Let's talk about more of these games today and also some bigger pictures that we've seen so far in the early trends in Major League Baseball. Let's talk about the Twins because I know right now they're the leaders in the Central looking good early taking on uh, Shane McClanahan and Tampa Bay. And at Tampa Bay right now, four games over 500 at 12-8. and eight. We know the style and the way they normally like to use their, their rotation and kind of the bullpen game sometimes and how long these starters are going to go. Uh, McClanahan, look, this guy's really good. And he's going to go as long as he can go. What do you make of the number today? It's 7.5 the total. And right now, uh, Tampa Bay minus $1.90. Yeah, we've had, we had a little bit of a line move overnight and this morning on this game with money coming in on Tampa Bay. And, Look, this move is twofold to me. The first is Shane McClanahan is really, really highly thought of mm-hmm. in the investment community. Great stuff, elite peripherals, a guy that the market feels like it can back with confidence. The second thing is Chris Archer here 
11 and a third innings pitched so far, 318 ERA, which sounds good. But if you look at a lot of his peripherals, they don't look good. They don't support an ERA that's that low. Okay. So he looks like a regression candidate out there in the marketplace. Got a 522 FIP. And just real quickly here, if you're looking for indicators, we talk about getting you know out in front of the market, getting the best number that you can, stuff like that. Indicators for starting pitchers. If there's a big gap between ERA and FIP, mm. fielder independent pitching, fielding independent pitching, I should say, you can find this over at Fangraphs on the player page. If there's a big gap where the ERA is low and the FIP is high, that line's moving against that guy. Okay. If the ERA is high and the FIP is low, that line's probably moving on that guy. It's not 100%, but it's probably 75-80% with line movement, and you can get that just by looking at two real quick numbers and try to get in front of some of these line moves. Also, too, 90.2% left on base percentage. That's another number left on base percentage where if it's really high and it looks like it shouldn't be, money's going to come in against that guy. So that was the two things with Archer here today. And, you know, we, we saw Dylan Bundy regress a little bit yesterday for yeah. the Twins. And I think that, you know, when I talk about the Twins tomorrow on the run line, I'm going to talk about a lot of their regression signs that are out there. And a lot of them have to do with these pitchers and the numbers that they've put up so far. So I'm not a big believer in the Twins. And it seems like the market kind of, falling in line with me a little bit with that mindset. Again, I, I think for old schoolers like myself, that you might have just kind of been predispositioned to look at ERA, right? And Adam's giving you a great way to say, wait a minute, that ERA can be, sometimes those numbers can lie and trick you a little bit. I think it's an excellent point against Chris Archer today. Let's talk about the M's against the Marlins here. Robbie Ray going up against Jesus Lazardo with the Marlins. This was a team in the NL East that I looked at and said, boy, they could really surprise. There was some buzz about them, a low win total to begin the year. And so far... I don't know if they're going to have staying power, but so far, so good. What do you make of the number today uh, with the battle of the M's, the Mariners, and the Marlins? Yeah, interesting one here because we've seen a flip favorite in this game where Jesus Lazardo is now the favorite with the Marlins at home. Mm. Robbie Ray and the Mariners, the underdog here on the road. This will happen a lot. The Marlins will take a lot of money at home because their ballpark suppresses offense. Their pitching is really, really good. Their lineup is the concern, and the lineup has been the concern for a long period of time because they just don't spend money. Right. They do a great job developing pitchers they internally, do. but they don't develop hitters all that well. That being said, their lineup has impressed me a little bit so far this year. They're much better than I thought they would be, but I also had a season win total over bet on the Marlins, and that one looks so far so good right yes, now. Yes, it does. But you know, I think it's really interesting to see this big fade of Robbie Ray, the reigning AL Cy Young Award winner, because he had a couple of iffy starts in cold-weather climates in Minnesota and Chicago. Went back home, pitched a little bit better. He's in a good pitcher's park here today. The under is juiced at minus 120 on under 7.5, but I have a hard time seeing a lot of runs scored in this game. It does feel like it could be a pitcher's paradise today between those two teams. Very quickly, the overview of the uh, the Marlins. And again, you were on them here uh, before the, the season began. It looks pretty good now. Right now, they stand three games over 500 with that five-game winning streak in tow. I know a lot of betters out there, recreational betters, might go, hot team, streaks i'm going to keep following those streaks right do you do that or do you is it really just hey momentum doesn't exist it's just the next day starting pitcher you kind of look at it and go whatever happened in the past i gotta independently handicap this game not just on the hot streak yeah i look i think you have to take it on a case-by-case basis i mean for for the marlins i think playing them at home with confidence is something that a lot of people like to do and i certainly understand that if you are looking to fade a hot team like the marlins you probably want to do it on the road, where, again, their offense becomes more of a deficiency. At home, they want to win 4-3, to 4-2, to 3-2, right. to something like that. On the road, it's much more difficult to do that, and their pitchers do have a lot of big home road splits as a result. So, I, I to a degree, I believe in kind of the streakiness, just because you, know, you think about a lot of baseball, and one of, the re- one of the biggest deciding factors in a game 
is performance with men in scoring position. Yeah. Either you get a hit or you don't. And if you don't, you don't score runs. And if you do, you know, not only do you score runs, but it also kind of loosens everybody up a little bit. Mm -hmm. So if a team is in a good offensive groove, they're cashing in those chances, all of that, a lot of positive feelings, the pressure's on the pitcher, you know, you're a little bit looser in the batter's box, all that. If you're a team that's really struggling with men in scoring position, that can linger for a long period of time. So in that respect, we can call it momentum if we want. Yep. But I just think, you know, if you've got a lot of positive sequencing going on, that is something that kind of can continue. That's why we do see the pretty streaky nature of baseball sometimes. Let's talk about more of those streaks here when you look at the Fathers against the Pirates here and uh, the Padres right now, winners of four in a row to get to seven games over 500. And conversely, the Pirates have lost four games in a row to dip four games under 500 after a good start here at 8-8. Eight eight. You got Mania going up against uh, Brubaker today. Is this a case here where, again, not a huge number on the road, minus sixty-five here. Uh, feels like right now two teams just heading in opposite directions. Yeah, and I think this one's interesting because Brubaker and the Pirates actually took a little bit of money overnight and into this morning, which is is kind of intriguing yeah. to me. What you tend to see a lot of times in the betting market is these really bad teams. The influential bettors will isolate one or two guys that they like and try to play on them, try to steal some of that underdog value. For example, we see it with Josiah Gray for the Washington Nationals. They're a terrible team, but Gray shows a lot of promise, so the market will kind of speculate and play on him a little bit. Mm. I think that's kind of part of this one here today. I don't necessarily think that the Pirates win, but I think it was just kind of a, a line grab, a money play, you know, all that kind of thing. Uh, but the Padres playing very, very well in spite of having a revolving door in the bullpen with some injuries and all that. Of course, they don't have Fernando Tatis Jr. either. Nope. Uh, they're playing up to their talent level finally, and I think there's something to be said about that and probably some staying power to it as well. You know, that's the interesting part, too, when I look at the uh, the West here so far, out of the five teams, four of them over 500. The Rockies at 11 and 9, the worst of those four. You look at the Dodgers right now, seven games over. Padres already seven games over. And the Giants right there, six games over. Is this going to be a. I don't think it's going to be a four horse race. I don't know if the Rockies can hang in there. Is it? Are the Giants in the, in the final couple seconds here? Do you think they really have staying power in the West with these other two? I do. I like the Giants quite a bit. I think they have staying power. And also, too, real quick in that West, yeah. the Diamondbacks have scored 3.1 runs per game, and they're still 9 and 12. That division is very, very solid. It is solid. It might be a wild summer out here with Los Angeles and San Diego and San Francisco as well. When we come back, Mike Ferranio is going to join us over at Mandalay Bay. Come on back. It's Betting Across America on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. 
Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game winner ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Get in zone, AutoZone. Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today? I got to change the oil in my car. Right now, get five quarts of Pennzoil Platinum Full Synthetic with an STP Extended Life Oil Filter for only $36.99. What do I do with my old oil? We can recycle your used oil for free. And do you have oil for my old work truck? You can find the right high mileage oil to help it go farther right here at AutoZone. AutoZone. Restrictions apply. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? Come on up and convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining, shows, and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts and the properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is Sports Betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back alongside Adam Burke, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting Across America. We're coming to you from Circus Sportsbook is always great each and every Saturday to be caught up with Mike Pranio, the sportsbook and race manager over at Mandalay Bay. And I want to say, Adam, that I feel kind of honored because I just followed Mike Pranio on Twitter at Mike Pranio LV. And Mike, I know that you're like a Twitter newbie. I don't know if I should say welcome or, oh boy, here we go. Well, it's under construction. Let's put it that way. By football season, here we go. Okay, it's like it's something we're working our way into. I don't know about the LV. I thought it was just at Mike Perenio, but maybe uh, unless it's a fa- yeah, unless it's somebody else, I'll have to check that out. But I see a Mike Perenio. Yeah, it could be a fake. I know. Fake I, I could already be duped. So we'll find out about that as it's under construction. Don't send the money. <laughs> hey, Mike. Let's talk about the NFL experience a little bit because Adam and I were talking about it. And I, we're not running for mayor or anything like that. But we feel like Vegas is putting a pretty darn good uh, first foot forward with this NFL draft. How has it been at Mandalay Bay? And I know, obviously, we mentioned this all week leading up to the draft for betters. You know, you had to pull it down 24 hours before. But still, just the atmosphere, having people in Vegas. And did you get people still going to the window going, 
hey, Mike, why can't I wager on, on so-and-so? Have people figured out that by law, you guys have to pull down those wagers 24 hours before the start of the NFL draft? Yeah, I mean, uh, it, it, it varies the gaming commission state to state, but, you know, we kind of have to take the, the most restrictive state and make that our what we do because we can't change it up in every state. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's something – uh, and most people understand the people that are trying to bet. It's not one of those things where they're, they're unhappy about it. They understand, first of all, any draft in previous years, is, oh, when we started first taking them, it's never profitable for us. It's something that there's a lot of wise guys. And and uh, when it's in Vegas, you can quadruple the wise guys. So we're very careful this year because it is in Vegas, which mm-hmm. people thought it would kind of be the other way. But we're more cautious and it's always going to be that way with the draft. There's too many people that know who they like, who they may pick, and then their families and their brothers and their cousins, and you know how it goes. So it's something we try to put out as much as we can and make it interesting. Uh, but, you know, the, the draft is an event of its own. You don't need to gamble on it to have excitement. If you saw any of the photos from the, the strip and uh, the draft and the Bellagio Fountains, it was fantastic here. Just like it's almost like every sporting event when it comes to Vegas, it gets 10 times better. And maybe in the future, every sporting event will be here. So it's interesting. Uh, uh, we do as much as we can, uh, keep the bets lower. And uh, and that's not just BetMGM, uh, the king of sportsbooks. It's every sportsbook has limited betting on the draft because of the knowledge. Mike, so now that we're kind of grading all these props, taking a look at how everything sort of played out, what were some of the big decisions that either fell in your favor or fell in the favor of the guys on the other side of the counter? You know, the, it was so low of handle, it's, it wasn't even significant. I wow. mean, uh, a lot of the people didn't get into town till, till the first day of the draft, and by then it was too late for it. So there's not a lot of handle on it. Uh, I know uh, the favorite, uh, was it Hutchinson is who we had as the favorite, and he went second, so that helped us a little bit, and it went the other way. But uh, uh, overall, it was insignificant. We were, didn't really pay attention to it. We're, we're really worried more about uh, adjusting the futures as we see the draft picks come in, which is is going to be more handle, and it's going to mean something come next year around the Super Bowl, how we did adjust these lines on the futures. Mike, what were some of those futures adjustments that you made? Because I know we've talked about you know the Eagles and a lot of the things mm-hmm. that they did, getting A.J. Brown, you know, kind of seeing their prices adjust. What were some of those adjustments that you were forced to make? Yeah, they've made some minor adjustments, but they're still holding off on it. I, I, I don't know if they really want me to say which ones we want to, <laughs> to make adjustments, but uh, there's been some adjustments made, but they're still in the process of hashing those out because it's not just whether you draft someone. Then someone's got to figure out, will it have an impact? Uh, you know, in certain positions, to be honest with you, the impact on some positions takes two or three years to feel in a, an actual team. Uh, so it's going to take some research and, and, and checking things out. Uh, and they're just being real slow. You know, anybody that picks up some needed uh, people, it's going to help them. I don't think it helped Pittsburgh odds picking the quarterback because, uh, you know, they're not sure if that helps or not. They won't know that for a while. But uh, uh, And the fact that, you know, you get these, all these receivers going, that's tough. I mean, uh, how they're going to impact a, a season. Rare to see a, a, a receiver, in most cases, let's put it that way, have a huge impact the first year. Uh, you can see running backs do that, but hardly any running backs got drafted. <laughs> so, well, there was no Shaquan Barkley in there this year, I don't believe. No, not at all. And uh, it is kind of that guessing game as you get into the futures market, something that Adam and I were discussing earlier in the program. 
we'll figure out that, that, how that plays out once the draft is completed. A couple big events that we want to talk about. One of them, Boxing Tonight, Shakur Stevenson is a massive favorite over Oscar Valdez. But you've got an announcement, Mike, that you want to give out to the people on that fight. What is it? Yeah, and, and just so you guys know, I haven't made this announcement. I don't know if anyone has on, on a TV show. But uh, just so you guys know, well, there's really two announcements. First of all, Nevada signed a contract with Churchill, so we're going to have full-blown paramutual betting on Churchill next week. Which all is right. The same, same date as the, the big Canelo-Alvarez fight. And uh, that fight at all BetMGM sportsbooks is being shown free of charge in the sportsbook. The whole card, including the main event, uh, we dabbled in it a little bit. Obviously, they charge a lot of money for that, so BetMGM has made a big, huge effort to reward the BetMGM players and sportsbook, the fans that are loyal here. Uh, the good, that's the good news. The bad news, it's Derby weekend, so the seating's going to be tough because it already was. But, uh, you know, Get here, and uh, you know if you want, you're coming to Mandalay Bay, call me, and I'll, you know if we can do something, we will. But it's going to be a huge, and it's going to be see, interesting to see how it plays out. Uh, but we will be packed, so get here early. But it's a, it's going to be a great atmosphere to have a, you know, that kind of fight live in a sports book. It's uh, on Derby Day. It's going from the greatest, and best two minutes in sports to to boxing championship boxing and. Just uh, what Vegas is all about now. It's one thing after another. It's uh, amazing to be here and be part of it. Mike, I absolutely love that. And again, I can go back and show my age a little bit. Uh, when I had to watch big events on closed caption TV back in 1988, watching Michael Spinks against Mike Tyson uh, when I was a young man. And um, I had to pay for those tickets, and the fight didn't last very long, Mike. So that's very cool that you guys are doing that free of charge to your patrons uh, over there at Mandalay Bay. I do want to dip into a little bit of the NBA playoffs and, and how you guys have fared so far as we're wrapping up round one, getting into uh, deep into the, in the postseason here. What do you guys, any liabilities going forward, Mike, that you, you're really looking out for here as we get into the second rounds? You know, it's, it's kind of hashing itself out the way it is. Golden State's always a liability for us. That's our biggest liability. Uh, and to be honest with you, it's so loaded. It's, uh, it's hard to see them not advancing uh, – especially with the injuries we're seeing. Even, uh, I know Booker's back, but I'm not sure if he's healthy. And uh, it seems like Golden State's the team that's healthy, and they haven't been all year, and uh, they're going to be awfully tough. And that won't be a good result, so we'll be rooting against them quite a bit. <laughs> not through the rest <laughs> of the NBA playoffs, which will last, it seems like, till next summer. But uh, it's uh, middle of June, I guess. It'll be fun. Mike, speaking of rooting against teams, are there any that you're kind of exposed on here for the NBA championship? Well, yeah, the the Golden State is is our biggest exposure. Uh, you know, I, I can tell you that the, the East has kind of hashed itself out. Uh, it, it usually, we almost always need an East Coast because of the, the the West Coast influence, at least on the Vegas side of the BetMGM with all the West Coast people we get drive through from California, and and uh, so we always have Utah, Denver, California probably overbet on our Nevada side of the betting and on uh, bet MGM. So, uh, you know, any of those teams on the West coast always hurt us. Uh, if an East coast team wins, it's not going to hurt us much. There was a lot of betting on the Nets, of course, because they have so many good players, but the way they're playing uh, or played, it's put that past tense. That was pretty big for us. For them. Michael, I have about 30 seconds to go, but you know, I have to ask you each and every week, another UFC card. Are you seeing a lot of action coming on the UFC? I'm going to give out some plays here uh, in just a short order here on the show. Yeah, I mean, the UFC this week is lightly bet uh, on so far for tonight. We need, 
headliner for a decent amount. The ticket count was four to one on Vera. Mm-hmm. And the money, I think, was around ten to one. Ooh. So uh, that tells you something on it. But you know, with no NBA kind of slowing down, no, it's kind of a dead weekend except for the these fights, both of them. Yeah, absolutely, I'll be watching as well. Mike, really appreciate the time and information as always. We'll get working on that Twitter handle here uh, as Mike Brennan does a great job. <laughs> Thanks, Mike, as always. When we come back, we will talk UFC. Come on back. It's Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. 